In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Woof. I'm here with Ian Right, Right, Right. It's a Friday evening. I'm going to be totally honest with everyone. I have not switched my computer on, my Twitter's on. Well, I sent one tweet earlier, but I'm not up to date with the Brown stuff. So I thought, sod it. Let's get Ian on here and uh, let's talk uh, Cleveland Browns. You know, I woke up, it's Friday, January 24th. I was in a good mood, it's Friday, and I'm like, nothing, nothing's going to happen today. It's the middle of the Browns offseason, senior bowls wrapping up, nothing much going on. And then, of course, the Browns do what the Browns do, and they plaster themselves all over the headlines. So, yeah, a little fired up today. Uh, Browns fans are doing what Browns fans do, and uh, Browns players are doing what Browns players do. So. The sun rises, the sun sets, and the national media loves to talk about the Browns. Excellent. Well, um, apologies, daily listeners. There wasn't a podcast yesterday because I was in a very dark place, hungover. Now, Paul, why would you be hungover? It seems like a couple days ago, you were just gallivanting around London and videoing athletes. How did that night turn out? Yeah, so... um, I invited a Scottish Hammer around for some uh, drinks. He's in London. I had a dinner party. There was multiple Swedish girls here, so it was good fun. And, um, yeah, we just ended up saying we'll have one more drink. And then, yeah, 6 o'clock in the morning, we're still out drinking. So, uh, For those listening at home, when Paul sends me a text when I'm going to bed, <laughs> that he's going to bed, no, there is a six-hour difference between those two times. And the question of the evening that I had to ask to the hammer was, do I go with Glenn Morangy or do I go with the Kleinlesh? Which to hammer saying, absolutely 100%, go with the Glenn Morangy. So, Jamie, thank you much for the recommendation. You can never go wrong with the Northern Scotland's finest Glenn Morangy. Mm. But, yeah, we had a great evening. Didn't talk very much Browns, to be honest. He just said that, the um, Haslam's gra- uh, grabbed him on the last day and said, thank you very much for a great season. And uh, uh, they're really, uh, really happy with his work. And uh, he loves Cleveland. You know, he's absolutely loving it in Cleveland. So uh, he's now got a hard task of putting on a night in Cleveland that matched my night in London with him. So it uh, should be fun. All right. The only question is, is, A, I want to be there. And B, can we dress up like William Wallace and go out? Who's William Wallace? Have you seen the movie Braveheart? Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, He's got the hair. I'll get him the kilt. We get the face paint, and we take him out, and I don't think you could have. And then what we can do is we can have Scottish Hammer versus former high school college punter. That would be me. And we could just show the people what a 36-year-old can do versus an NFL megastar with a leg like a cannon. We'll make a day out of this. Um, remember on my podcast with him, I don't know if you listened to it at the time, I challenged him to kick it over Marble Arch. He actually saw it and he said he'd be up for the challenge. I gave him a ball, but I said, mate, 
tonight's your night off. We're just going to have some fun. So uh, I didn't do it. So, well, well, we'll see. We'll give them a little, uh, we'll, we'll do some video content for you. It's a, it's a bit like um, a myth. Zane came around. I challenged him. Didn't do it. Scottish Hammer has seen the challenge. Hasn't done it. So uh, it's the myth of the Marble Arch. Let me, I'll Google the height of it. Okay. Maybe in my heyday, I could have got it. Okay, good. But anyway, let's talk about Brown's news today. Kareem Hunt, in trouble? Should we be worried? Is it you know, of, is it a bit of pot? I don't know how you Americans find marijuana. Well, at the end of the day, I, myself, I'm about as liberal as it can be with what people want to do. I, I don't care. Do what you do on your own time as long as it doesn't affect me. From what the report is, there's an area, actually it's where Miles Garrett lives in Rocky River, Kareem Hunt, a little after noon. So we're not talking crazy Antonio Callaway hours. I think it was just before 1 p.m. Uh, got pulled over for speeding. Uh, the cops alleged that they had an odor of marijuana coming from the car. The car was registered to Kareem's mother. Um, they searched the car and found three small amounts of marijuana in a backpack, which has been stated as being his brother's. Um, he was not charged. He was given a speeding ticket and sent on his way. So if there was anybody else in the world not named Kareem Hunt or a member of the Browns, this would not have been a story. Um, so it's one of those ones where it's a bad decision. You know, you have this in your car, whether it's your brothers or not. You know, we all know that Kareem Hunt is in substance counseling. Um, so my thought would be that the NFL will probably send a drug test his way. And if he passes the drug test, then it is what it is. You know, I, I, my guess, and this is strictly a conspiracy theory, so all of our listeners out there, put your tinfoil hats on. Anybody from Cleveland that's been through Rocky River, I'm one of them, that's been pulled over, have you ever been let go without something that you did? And the, Rocky River is a very strict police department. Sheffield, there's other ones in that area where if you're going 40 and a 35, they give you a ticket. They're, the leniency is a lot smaller in Rocky River. So they do a fantastic job there as police officers. The theory I would have is that the odor of marijuana allegation to create a search was probably very stretched. So in their mind, they don't want to go to court and they say, you know what? This could turn into an illegal search. It'll all get thrown out. We'll waste all this time. You know, I'm just saying that the cops probably realized this isn't enough marijuana if it's three small trace amounts to be, be a big deal. Many people have already come out and said a lot of communities in Cleveland area won't even cite for an amount that small. So take it for what it is. I'm sure this, if this was happening in the middle of the season, I guess it may be a bigger deal, but I'm sure this is going to blow over in a couple of days. Cool. Odell thing's all blown over now, isn't it? Yeah, well, they dropped those charges, so they lost all the leverage. And, you know, LSU players were at the Senior Bowl and doing other things. So, you know, generally that's how the American media works. 48 to 96 hours, something will cycle. You know, with Odell doing it at the national title game, it was a lot bigger deal. If he'd have done that, like an LSU-Alabama game earlier in the year, it probably would have had maybe a 24-hour cycle. We've got a new tight end coach. Yeah, actually, um, there was a guy who in 2013 with Norv Turner, when he was ROC, was an uh, intern. His name is Drew Petzig. He was the wide receivers coach with the Vikings last year. Uh, he is joining Kevin Stefanski's coaching staff as the tight ends coach. So 
welcome, Drew. He will work, obviously, with um, Chad O'Shea, who's going to be doing the wide receivers and the passing game uh, coordinator. So those two can work together to maybe bring out David Njoku, maybe find Ricky Seals-Jones or Stephen Carlson or Demetrius Harris some targets. Oh, let's stay on the tight end. Uh, let's stay on the tight end conversation. Or P. Brown, Farrell Brown. Um, five tight ends there. Let's put a gun to your head, Ian. Which three would you take into next season and why? Of the five we have, I would probably take David Njoku, Demetrius Harris, and Stephen Carlson. Interesting. Yes. With Harris, number- mate. Harris? Um, really? So here's what I like about Harris. So, A, he's a physical guy. He's six foot six, 270 pounds. He's a big guy. So, Kevin Stefanski will carry tight ends. This isn't a spread them out wide. Minnesota ran 22 personnel, 21 personnel very, very often. Um, so, they are going to have tight ends on the field. Kyle Rudolph was out there. They had Irv Smith out there. They've used several different guys in their schemes as Jake Burns broke down last week. So, you're going to need some physical guys at the point of attack. Um, Najoku doesn't have that physicality. So that's why I would bring Harris and Carlson in. Um, I think Farrell Brown's a good practice squad guy. Ricky Seals Jones though, is kind of David Najoku. So maybe if you traded Najoku or did something with him, you could keep Ricky Seals Jones around, but he's more of a five-star wideout as opposed to, uh, David Nij- or like David Najoku is. I'm no tight end specialist though, but if you're doing like two tight end sets, wouldn't it great to have two and Juku's on the pitch at the same time? Yeah, you very well could. It comes down to, is there better? You know, there's a lot of people out there, and, you know, we'll get into this with Jack later on in the offseason, but Minnesota has some cap decisions to make, and one of the guys on their team that makes a little bit of money that could get cut is Kyle Rudolph, who would be very familiar with Kevin Stefanski's offense. So we could necessarily see maybe, like, Kyle Rudolph coming in as the fourth tight end um, and maybe somebody like Ricky Seals Jones moving on, who obviously Ricky Seals Jones came here from Arizona, who knew Freddie Kitchens. Now, Demetrius Harris came for um, Kansas City, was obviously a John Dorsey signing. He is a potential for being cut, but I think his number is only like one and a half, two million. So it's not a very big number. And having somebody that big bodied um, is a great red zone target. So I don't really see the downside in keeping Demetrius Harris at that number. Hmm. And uh, any other Browns news at all today? Oh, baby. George Payton set Brown's Twitter afire. And, you know, I have to laugh because the Brown's beat reporters, uh, for those all that are on the Twitter, uh, Mary Kay Cabot has been having a, uh, having a go at making sure people know who reported the story first. You know, uh, there was a national guy, Bing Breer, or somebody pulling out there, and she goes, uh, I had that first. So today she put, as you heard here first, comma, and then the link into our article. So, you know, I don't know if she was first. To be honest with you, if you log on to Twitter at any point when something like that is released, 10 guys have it, or 10 members of the media, sorry, not just guys, men and women, will report it at one time. I mean, it's all within 30 seconds, 45 seconds. You know, Schefter and Rappaport and Garofolo, all these guys have it. So I don't really care who gets it first. It doesn't really matter. But – um. George Payton pulled his name out of the GM considerations. Um, there was a little bit of wind about this last night. Instagram, uh, basically speaking as if he was not going to take the job. So people were, uh, she was very supportive of Stefanski, said, you guys are going to love him. 
but did not sound like somebody that was going to be coming to Cleveland. So he's out, which leaves uh, Andrew Barry as the favorite, which is kind of circle back two weeks ago, what everybody thought whenever we hired Kevin Stavansky. So there you go. Yeah, and what else? Other things that the Browns have to do between now and the next couple of weeks. We still need OCDC, right? Yeah, so there's a lot of speculation out there and a lot of reporting that uh, 49ers DB coach Joe Woods is coming to Cleveland. Um, they just recently let go of Dwayne Walker, who was the DB coach, which would lead you to believe that he Joe Woods has somebody pegged already to be the DB coach. Um, so my guess is the Super Bowl is in a week and a half. So we will probably find out if, say, Mike McDaniel, Joe Woods, or Mike LaFleur and Joe Woods, or somebody from that coaching staff will be coming to Cleveland. Cool, cool, cool. And uh, Ian, tell us what's your plans for the weekend. Actually, tonight we have dinner with some avid Paul Brown podcast listeners, so that'll be a good time. Who are they? Uh, just friends of mine that are out here uh, that I play baseball with. So what's their names? Uh, the, the fans of the show like to say thank you. Uh, Brad and Chris and their wives, Rebecca and Lena. So we are all going out to dinner. Uh, Is that Rebecca on Facebook that always gives me loads of comments? No, not that one. So, yes, but Brad and Paul, listen, they send me text messages, you know, every once in a while with comments about things. They're Bears fans, but they're also Ian and Paul fans. So that's Okay, cool. Well, I've got a question for the dinner party tonight. Okay. If you're going to go out with any Browns player for drinks, not talking Browns, just going for drinks, who would it be? And I'll start with you, Ian. Who Who would you go with? You know, after hearing the tales of wonder, I think the Scottish Hammer and I would have a good time. Obviously, my family's from Scotland. Uh, you know, I still don't think we just dress them up like we could both wear our kilts. We'd have a good time. We would share similar palates and drinking. Um, outside of that, I think Joel Batonio. I think Batonio would be a good one. I think Treader. Um, honestly, Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb would be fantastic. Treader doesn't even drink. Well, how would I know this? It's not like him and I are best friends. But I think Nick Chubb would be a good time. You'd be nice, quiet. You could go to a wine bar. You could go to a wine bar. You could just chat. I mean, we met Nick Chubb's dad. Wonderful guy. I could drink with that guy all day long. You know? So we go out. Here's what it is. We get Nick Chubb and his dad. That's a great combination. Um, I think Hollywood. Hollywood looks like he has a hell of a good time. You could go to like a video game bar, you know, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Okay, let's get get straight to the point. I want to go out with people that have been arrested and crazy and have fun. It's either Odell or Baker Mayfield. But see, the thing with Baker, and I think if it was just like something secluded where like Emily Baker, my fiance and I, were away. No, no, no. We're we're losing the fiancés. The fiancés aren't coming out with us. That's fine. As long as people leave us alone. I don't like big crowds. So I don't need – Baker would have 100 people screaming his name. Actually, you know what? Miles Garrett. I'd like to go out with Miles Garrett. drink in. Listen, we're having lemonades. It doesn't have to be alcohol. You know the stories that guy could tell about all the people's ass he whooped? With? Oh, man, it would be great. I want to hear the story of Mason Rudolph, damn it. That's how I'm getting out of him. We're going we're gonna to give him some lemonade, iced tea. I can't even remember what the hell. He drinks water and, like, iced tea, and that's it. We need some stories. I'm going to go with Odell, no, Baker, Odell, Hunt. Hunt, the only thing, man, you're just into those troublemakers. <laughs> I'm trying to live my life, uh, you know, in, on easy street here. I'm trying to go to Napa. I'm trying to hang out. I'm trying to, you know, wear collared shirts and have some fun here. 
I'm talking Vegas, sapphires, going crazy. Oh, spearmint rhino. <laughs> I want to come out handcuffed. You know? That's <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, I got a couple of those around the house. I can hand one over to you. Anyway, this is not a sexual podcast, right? <laughs> this is a, a dedicated Browns podcast. But all right, guys, I'll leave it there. But say thanks a lot for all the listeners. Apologies that um, I haven't been daily this week. Uh, blame the hammer. It's, it's all right. You haven't missed much. I will just tell you, Browns Twitter right now is just an angry, angry thing. So I'm going to get this out there real quick. Okay. So many people that don't know, I moved to Chicago in 2017. I moved here with my, at the time, girlfriend, now fiance. And a lot of people, I think, are taking a lot of unfair shots today, George Payton and the Browns. You know, the instant reaction is, is this is a bad look for the Browns. And if you go back two weeks ago, people didn't even know who the hell George Payton was. George Payton has a wife and two kids. We have no idea why he pulled himself out of the race. I will just tell you the stresses that relocating your family and your children have. Listen, this is the NFL. This isn't like, you know, he's getting some promotion that's going to make him five, ten times the money he wants. The Minnesota Vikings will pay him whatever he wants. You know, for him to move two school-age kids – pick up his family, relocate to Cleveland. Maybe that's just something he wasn't ready for. Maybe Jimmy and J-Dub and, you know, Chris Cooper and all these guys had the best presentation. If you listen, Zagura and Bo Bishop told you that Peyton showed up and had a very detailed plan. He spent a lot of time putting together. He was prepared and ready. And he decided, you know what, after talking with his family, he got the offer. I mean, Mary Kay's putting on there about the division of labor. What does that even mean? Like, I don't even know what that means. That's just made up. Oh, uh, he's not uh, happy with the division of labor. What? What? So, you know, layoffs. I, I know the Browns fans love to just be angry. You know, it's kind of like they just want that misery. Oh, well, the Haslam's and JW. This, that must be them. What do they know? Like, maybe the guy just didn't want to relocate his wife. She has a business. His kids are in school. You know, I ask people, I ask our listeners, if somebody called and said, I want you to pick up and relocate yourself from Cleveland, I want you to go to uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. You're going to get the same money as jobs, but what we're going to do is take your current role. We're going to boost you up one title. So if you're an assistant or a vice, we'll move you up one level. Money's not an issue. You're going to get the same money either place. We want you to pick up, relocate your family. Would you do it? It's not as easy as it sounds. So this no, I'm idea. I'm rocking and I'll take it. Is the it weather was, better? Not re- Minnesota to Cleveland? No. I mean, it's cold as hell up there. It's cold and shitty down here. So, uh, you know. What did you call it earlier on though? You called it Rocker. What was the town you called it earlier? Which one? Rocky River? No. Sorry. That's, um, that's where uh, Miles and Kareem Hunt got his ticket. Yeah. No, you said. But no, you have a lot of beautiful areas to live around Cleveland. But you know, buying a house, relocating a family—like, there's so much that goes into this. The idea that we're going to kill the Browns over this to me is just nonsense. You're just looking for something. Like, you know, I heard people today. I was listening to the Bull, the Fox. They're calling in saying we missed out on Josh McDaniels. No, we didn't. No, we didn't at all. We didn't offer Josh McDaniels a job. Josh McDaniels right now works for the England Patriots. If we wanted him, we could have offered him. So just because we don't end up choosing somebody that two weeks ago you never heard of, that's not a bad thing. Andrew Barry is one of the most highly respected, highly sought after people in the NFL. This is a fallback option. I mean, come on. Like, I, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. Daryl Reuter, I even tweeted him. 
Like, who are you to question another man's motivation? Hang on a minute, Ian. Friend of the Harold podcast, I know. Of the podcast. And hey, bring him on. We'll have this conversation. Now, if Peyton, I, I fully reserve the right that if Peyton goes back to Minnesota and says, that was the most clown interview I've ever had in my life. These people have no idea what the hell they're doing. I would never go work there. I reserve the right to retract this. However, from everything it sounds, it was a personal decision that he didn't want to change. He's worked for Rick Spielman, who I've met. Great guy, by the way. Rick Spielman is a really, really nice guy. He's worked with Spielman for almost 30 years. Started with the Bears, went to the Dolphins, then went to Minnesota. He's followed him around. So he's comfortable with his boss. He's comfortable with his job. He makes more money than he probably knows what to do with. His kids are probably enrolled in a great school, have a lot of friends. You know, to just blame this on the Haslam's because he turned, you know, he pulled his name out of consideration is nonsense. Like, who are we as Browns fans to tell somebody else what their motivations are? You know, it's okay. He has the opportunity to go from assistant GM to GM. Who cares? Like if he didn't want that clout, then leave the man alone. It's just, it, it's, there's so much damn negativity. Like they just want to bust the balls of everything they can. Like two weeks ago, if we hadn't gotten Andrew Barry and we ended up uh, signing or making George Payton the GM. Everybody been like, oh, we didn't get Andrew Barry. Oh. So now I still am convinced the only reason Browns fans wanted George Payton is because he turned other teams down. He told the Jets, thanks, but no thanks. That's it. The, the only reason they want him is because he didn't want others. So that's what it came down to. Because listen, Paul, you've heard it. Kevin Stefanski, oh, young coach, first time head coach. Is he even going to be able to hire coaches? He doesn't know anybody. He's inexperienced. Who's going to want to come work for him? Brown signed Bill Callahan. Well, yeah, but well, look at the other guys. Well, look at the other. Look at this guy. He got fired there. Uh, oh, the highly respected assistant GM from Minnesota took two interviews with the Browns. Yeah, I mean, obviously Stefanski is a well-respected guy. So he's not able, but he is able. It's just like it just keeps switching. Every time you log on, somebody's bitching about something. Somebody wants clout for this. It's like, guys. We have eight more months until we play a game. Like, come on. Give it a rest. The Haslam's aren't selling the team, guys. I hate to break the news to you. They make hundreds of millions of dollars. They're not selling it. Well, I just want to finish up, Ian, by saying I love being a Browns fan. You won't hear any negativity from me. That's and, why I love you, Paul. No negativity from me either. Not well, up in here. That was probably one of the longest rants we've had on the podcast. Oh, I just, I was listening today because I was stuck in traffic and this guys are calling up, we missed out on McDaniels. We missed out on Peyton. Blah. No, we didn't. No, not at all. Like, come on. I get it. The Browns have sucked for a long time. Trust me. I've watched every damn game for 20 years. I know they suck. Everybody knows they suck. And then every national media guy, oh, I saw this coming. Oh, no, you didn't. Shut up. Like, that's it. It's all clicks. Uh, I had it first. Come on, guys. Like, get that, get out of here with that. Get that weak stuff out of here, as Austin Carr would say. Well, you've officially taken over as Jack, as the most hated person on the podcast. Break it, baby. So uh, where can people send abuse to you, please? That would be I-A-I-N-19 at Twitter. So. Excellent. Well, listeners, please do keep abusing Ian. Send me all the love. I love the love. I want the happiness. And Jack, Jack's probably winning the polls at the moment. He's probably <laughs> second best at the moment. I think he's, uh, you know, he's you, up there at the moment. You want to talk about optimism? So Jack sees the news about Kareem Hunt and he goes, whoa, there's a million dollar savings. That's a third round. 
Love it, Jack. He's so happy he just saved a million dollars. He fights he fights the good fight, man. Alright, Browns. Let's leave it there. Go Browns. Go Browns. Let's now put it.